It's 10 straight victories for the Penrith Panthers, but not everyone can be Premiership contenders as Brisbane's dark days continue. As Anthony Seabold coached his final game for the Broncos, and if he gets white, who slides in? Sam Thiday joins us live to discuss. And time is ticking for the game's great to make a call on his future, so will Cameron Smith stay on in 2021? Plus, there's been a crackdown on crusher tackles and, surprise, surprise, it has the room divided. Plenty to get through on today's episode of Inside the NRL. Great to have your company. And just a few hours ago, we did see the great Mitchell Orbison, Mitchell, uh, Mr. Reliable, rather, make an announcement that he will retire at the season's end. Now, a boy from Ballina at 15 years old, always dreamt of playing just one NRL game. He will go out with three, potentially four premierships and arguably the most capped uh, Sydney Roosters player gents if he can get back from this wrist injury. Is it time for him to call it quits, do you think? I was there when he made his debut at the Roosters, which yeah. makes me feel really old. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the most greatest you know, utility players that we've seen. He's played a halfback, a grand final at halfback. But, yeah, he's going to be sorely missed by the Roosters. There's not many guys that can fill the void that he's been able to, to do over his career. And, yeah, what a fantastic player and fantastic clubman as well. Yeah, very unselfish player. And even this decision to retire at the end of the year, very unselfish, very Mitchell Orbison, because the reality is he probably could have played another season. There's nothing to suggest that he's, he isn't able to compete in the NRL next year. But if he plays on, then someone like a Jake Friend or one of the, the Morris boys, and someone has to suffer elsewhere. So he's, he's made the unselfish decision to retire and... Good luck to him. Hopefully he goes out the way he deserves. The interesting thing about this now is that if he doesn't come back, I think he's one game or equal with Anthony Minicello, mm -hmm. so it might be the whole... Maybe he just leaves it at that if he can't Ooh. get back, or maybe he does go to He's at 301 one. games. So is he, he one behind Mini? Yeah, at the yeah. moment, and equal to Ricketts. Maybe he plays one more. I'm typically thinking when a grand final is coming back. He's not worrying about <laughs> okay. how many games Thanks he's for that hot tip. <laughs> Thanks for that hot tip, Kevin. Yeah, I think Jamie might know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do you know why he was actually... I didn't know that he was recruited by Artie Beetson, which is yeah. another um, incredible... He said that... Um, it will always be grateful for that day. I wouldn't be here without him. Like, beautiful speech. Anyway, to Red Hill. Now, uh, they've only won three games out of the entire season. They've been through basically any on-field or off-field drama possible, and it only gets worse today. Um, it's been reported that Anthony Seabold is in discussions with the club about a, um, a fair termination package. Michael, how is this playing out? What is the latest? Yeah, from my understanding, it's, it's a matter now of sorting out how much... Anthony Seabold is paid out to terminate his contract at the Brisbane Broncos. Obviously, he hasn't gone to plan, signed that mammoth six-year deal, five years plus an option to go up there and replace Wayne Bennett. And it's all fallen apart for Anthony Seabold. So I think it's a matter of when now, and they can come up uh, with a package there that Anthony Seabold's happy with, the Broncos are happy with. And you have to remember, at the end of the day, it, I think everyone at the club now realises that it, it's untenable for Anthony Seabold to remain at the Brisbane Broncos. It, it feels as though this decision is coming in the next 24 to 48 hours and it's a matter of how much, not when. Jamie, is it the right decision given there's five weeks left of this year? I think it's the right decision for him. Yeah, he's got to go through. He's going through a tough time at the moment personally as well, and he's got to take that into account with his family and what's the best for him now. I understand there's a lot of money at stake, but I'd find it very hard yeah, for him to walk back in there as a person right now after what's gone on. This is the biggest club in Australian sport. You know, the Brisbane Broncos are the biggest brand. So for him to go back in there now, I think it's untenable. And uh, hopefully they both part ways and he has to go back and start again now and maybe think about where he wants to be a coach again. What about for you two? What if he doesn't retire? Uh, if he doesn't quit? And if he doesn't quit? Out? Yeah. Well, it, no. it makes it... Well, 
Look, it's untenable. His, his role at the Broncos is now untenable. At the end of the day, if he stays on, he's probably entitled to another two and a half, three million dollars. But so there's a, obviously a large discrepancy between what he's still owed by the Brisbane Broncos and what's been reported around the one million dollar settlement package that they're willing to give him. So he has every right to turn around now and say, well, you know what, I'm going to stick it out and you owe me another two and a half, three million dollars. It won't happen. They're going to have to reach a position there. Take it. As a person that didn't finish a contract, you can say you want to stick it out as long as you like. <laughs> when, that, when the club wants rid of you, they find a way to get rid of you. Well, the other thing is he wants to coach again at some point. I don't know if he'll ever get a, a coaching job as well, the he goes back club, but he, he, if he continues... He goes back to the, the Broncos. start of the cycle again. Well, if he continues and fights the Broncos, he does his reputation no yeah. good either. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one man who could probably give us some answers and give the fans some answers is a former Bronco himself who joins the line, Sam Friday. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. Hello, hello. I'll try and give you my best, uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't have all the answers. <laughs> oh, really? That surprises me. Hey, I guess for all the Brisbane Broncos fans out there, um, have you ever seen this much drama in your time as a player at that club? No, they should have put some cameras in there and filmed this. Uh, this would have been absolutely brilliant COVID <laughs> watching. Uh, sitting at home, I'm sure people would love to have been binging this. Uh, but uh, no, it has been a definite roller coaster at Red Hill this year. Uh, and hopefully we can uh, hopefully see the light very soon and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do next year. That's such a good point, Sam. It would have been great, just like uh, the doco on Netflix. We could have watched that for sure. But what's your take in honest opinion? Um, is it the best decision... Um, and in his best interest to call it time? Well, I think the writing's on the wall. Uh, when, when, when the club's giving you an, uh, an option to uh, be paid and, and leave, uh, you know, it's either jump or be pushed. And if they're going to give you a parachute, I'm jumping. Uh, <laughs> so I hope that uh, it uh, is done quickly and in, in a good manner as well. Uh, hopefully there's no bad feelings there between Seeds and the club and uh, we can get this done and dusted so we can uh, look forward to the future and hopefully build and grow with the squad that we've got there and hopefully get the success that everyone knows that the Broncos can have. Sam, you're pretty close to everyone at the club. What's the feeling towards Anthony Seabold? Has this been a while now that this decision, has he been a dead man walking since, you know, two, three months ago now and the club's obviously tried to save face and, and give him that chance to come good? Yeah, and I think that's the best thing the club's done. They've backed him 100%, um, but it isn't working. Uh, and that's the hardest thing. Uh, we are a results-based game, uh, and we're just not getting that at the moment in, in Brisbane. So, yeah, it's uh, very, very difficult times, uh, and we are one of the uh, biggest clubs uh, in, in, in the sporting arena in Australia. We are a, a club also that makes a lot of money, and this year, uh, through COVID uh, and through not winning, we are going to struggle next year to, uh, you know, secure some, some major sponsors. Uh, so we need to make sure that we've um, got the uh, got the got the right team uh, behind us, and, and and we're moving forward. Sam, do the people in power at the Broncos need to be held accountable for the decision because they went through hell and back to move Wayne Bennett on? Obviously, you were there at the time, and you saw what the club went through to, to move Wayne Bennett on for Anthony Seabold. Are there people that need to you know, pay the price for what seems like a, a horrible decision two years ago? Well, that was probably part one of the documentary right there. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we, we should have filmed that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that there, there will be a report at the end of this year and there will be a, a fair few people that will be held accountable for, for what's going on uh, in this 2020 season. Uh, you know, being a, a season that has been shortened due to COVID, 
we still would have liked a lot more success on the field and we're pretty disappointed in, in, in the way that we've gone as a team and we just want to make sure that we, we find out and figure out why uh, this has happened and how we can move on and how we can get better and, and stronger and grow as a club. Sam, when they do move on from Anthony Seabold, who do you think should be the next coach of the Brisbane Broncos? Uh, I think a coach like Kevy Walters would be perfect. Uh, what Kevy could really do is um, he could uh, bring some, some of the old boys back in, uh, which would be fantastic for some of these young kids that we've got. There's some fantastic young talent there. Uh, and they just need to, to know what it what it means to be a Bronco. And, you know, Kevy with Kevy's connections can can bring some of those uh, older senior guys back in uh, and hopefully inject some of that, that Broncos culture back into uh, Brisbane and, and really build uh, a successful team. Sam, how important is that old boys club to the Brisbane Broncos? Because I've heard Chris Johns talk about the disconnection there. I look at a guy like Tom Dearden on the weekend who looks like he might be the future seven of the club. It's, it's important to have those old guys around there in such a young team for the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, it is massive. When you don't have senior players out there or senior players in, in the group, uh, you need some of the old boys there to inject a bit of culture into what the, what the guys are doing there. Um, you know, even just some, something as simple and basic as sharing their story and, and their own journey to becoming a Bronco and what it meant for them to play for the Broncos, uh, those little things help. Um, you know, Chris Johns is a, a fantastic example of that. Uh, he can uh, he can really share his story, and um, you know, Kevy as well as a coach. Uh, he is one of the most passionate coaches of uh, I've ever been involved with, and uh, I'm sure he'll bring that passion back to the Broncos. Sam, you talk about bringing uh, old boys back into the club, and and he's not even retired yet. But do you give Cameron Smith a genuine chance of coming and a play for him <laughs> to be at the Brisbane Broncos? Oh, we'll accept any old boys at the moment. <laughs> uh, Cam Smith would be absolutely fantastic at the Brisbane Broncos, but uh, you know that's a that's a massive decision for him. If he wants to be, uh, will go down in history as uh, the, one of the players that's played the most games of all times uh, for one club uh, as well. Uh, you know that's something that he might want to live and die by. So I'm unsure what you know, Cam's going to do going forward. Uh, he is a fantastic poker player. I've been away on many trips with him. Uh, so he is holding those cards close to his chest at the moment. So, yeah. Sam, can you take me inside the dressing room at the moment? If you were a, player, a senior player inside that dressing room of the Broncos right now, what are you saying to the young boys there about their performances that have been up and down and sometimes would be questioned whether they have given up? What are you saying to those young guys with five weeks to go? What do you want to see? So as hard as it is, sometimes I think the uh, the honest truth is the best thing to say. Uh, and you know, I would make sure that uh, in video sessions I would be open and honest with some of those guys and uh, really tell them uh, what what's going on. Um, you know, they are really really struggling and, and they look like a team that's trying at the moment. And we uh, we don't need a team that's trying. We need a team that's out there delivering. And they'll uh, they'll grow and, and get better uh, because of this year, uh, which is good and great. Um, and, you know, these young guys are, are hopefully building a, a thick skin and a really uh, a real resilience. Sam, on a lighter note, what do you think uh, Uncle Wayne's thinking it's at Redford at the moment watching this unfold at the Brisbane Broncos? I know you've been quite close to him over the years. Do you think he's having a little chuckle at what's happening at Brisbane? Oh, he'd definitely be sitting back with his uh, block of Cadbury milk and uh, <laughs> he'll be going, you know, I, I, I got out of there, but... Um, you know, I, I still know that Wayne has uh, got a, a soft spot for the Brisbane Broncos. He'd be 
Uh, he'd be hurting to see how they're going because, you know, he has been there from day one. Uh, essentially, it's his kid. It's his baby, the Broncos. And, um, you know, he was there in the early days and, and really helped set it up. So I, I know that uh, he'd be uh, hurting as well. While we're talking about Wayne Bennett, you've got a special segment. Where did that inspiration come from? Wayne on Wednesdays, is it? Wayne Bennett Wednesdays, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. We well, love it. It's all about trying to trying to create some uh, social content. It's hard these days. <laughs> uh, you try to do something new and something different. But yeah, that was the last time I went to an Italian restaurant with Wayne. He's not great company. He fell asleep, and then his Caminara <laughs> come out. He was happy. So, yeah, uh, Wayne Bennett Wednesdays, guys uh, at Sam Friday on Instagram. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> I try to I try to mix it up and do something different each week and uh, yeah it's a bit of fun. I, I did ring the big boss and I asked him if it was okay if I did it. I didn't want to get sued or anything like that. I know Wayne's got a lot of money and I haven't got much to give away at the moment. So, yeah. Can you give us a sneak peek of what's to come on Wednesday? Because we've got oh, to tune in. Wayne Bennett Wednesday this week. I I, I might uh, I got to try and find a nice photo with Wayne with his shirt off. Actually, <laughs> we'll see what see what we can do. <laughs> Oh, make sure we stay tuned in for that one. That sounds like a beauty. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sam. We appreciate you coming on. We know you're a busy man. Thank you very much for having me. Sam Thaday there, and you can watch that match between the Brisbane Broncos and the Sydney Roosters live on our broadcast partners, Channel 9. Now, interesting response there on Cameron Smith, gents. Is it time for him to retire? What's your thoughts? Oh, I hope not. I hope not, because he's probably the last of the immortals that we're going to see for a little while. I know there's still some young guys coming through, and that's always a, a transitional phase in any sport that you watch, but I hope he goes around again. I'm a bit torn on this one. I'd love to see him play again, but I don't know how I feel with him running out in a different jersey because from our understanding that if he plays on, it won't be at Melbourne. The Melbourne Storm are resigned to the fact that he's going to either retire at the end of the year or move on and play somewhere else. So we won't see him in a Storm jersey. I, I just don't know how I'd feel. It didn't sit right, Cooper Cronk playing at the, at the Roosters. It sat right for the Roosters. Uh, the two but premierships, it sat all right. It sat very well for them, but I just don't know if, the, yeah, in terms of, there's a, there's a fairy tale story yeah, around a one-club player. Michael Jordan retired Washington Wizards. Yeah, there's a there's story, like he's always going to be remembered for the Melbourne Storm and, and those great teams and the players and, and the greatest of all time. If he could go and do similar to what Cooper Cronk did, maybe not win a title, but we won't win a title. Title take, at take the Titans clubs. to the eight or the Broncos back into the eight, wherever he goes. Can he captain coach? Well, he's already captain coach. Ooh, I'd love to see sense. that, Michael. You did have get any. double the salary. <laughs> yeah, <do laughs> is that an option? <laughs> uh, you did have in the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. So, what side would Cameron Smith benefit the most, Brisbane Broncos or the Gold Coast Titans? Look, I think. I think he'd benefit the Titans next year with that young side. I don't know if, if Brisbane... Like, with Cameron Smith, he's going to make a decision based on where his career goes after it. Now, I'm sure either club would offer him a job after football in whether it's a coaching department or whatever it may be. I, I think... I'd like to see him at the Titans, to be honest with you. I think there is... The Broncos are a basket case, and there is a risk that if he goes to the, the Brisbane next year that... His career could end on a really sour note. I, I think there's upside to the Titans and he could go in there and, and make a difference to a, a region that has long been calling out for a successful sporting team. Well, it's going to be a tough one because you've got Mal Meninga pitching for the Titans and you've got Darren Lockyer and, and pitching for the Brisbane Broncos. So both guys that he's been coached under and also played with that he respects greatly. So I'm going to be interested to see if he's thinking about footy-wise and the team that's going to be on the up, it's the Gold Coast Titans. But... That Brisbane Broncos brand ain't going anywhere. I know they're struggling at the moment, but that long-term success 
being involved with that Brisbane, they will bounce back and he, he might be a big part of that, whether it's on the coaching staff with the new coach or, or not. Yeah, without a doubt an immortal, right? Surely. He's the greatest of all time. I'm yeah. pretty sure that qualifies him. Absolutely. <laughs> rugby league fans, he is so phenomenal and it'll be quite some time before there is another rugby league player like him. But sweet or sour, what's this week? Please... Please be kind. <laughs> of course it's nice. It's sweet this week. Just talking about the competitiveness in the game at the moment. Uh, two efforts on the weekend that really stood out for me. Everyone's seen the Josh Papali chase down here. This is Jamal Fogarty who makes a break. Now, just watch the big fella here. Just chugging along, chugging along and then dives right at the end. Ricky Stewart. No wonder they love this man down in Canberra. He's been their player of the year the last five years that he's been down there. But uh, some talk around whether he's the greatest forward that Canberra Raiders have ever had. And you look at efforts like this, Chamis, and it's hard to see hard not to see why they love him. Incredible. A few years ago, he was, I think he was dropped from the Australian team as well as, in re and as a result. Well, because of his fitness and his lack of you know, desire to get his body right. And from my understanding, he moved in with Michael Oldfield a few weeks ago, a few years ago, and he really turned around his nutrition. He stayed with him for about a month and uh, he's, he's turned his life around, Josh Papali, and hard to argue he isn't, he isn't in the top two front rowers in the game. We have a look at that effort and the other one for me, Katie, was the other night, Melbourne Storm, had none of their stars playing, but Brandon Smith, I know he broke his jaw, but if you have a look at this effort right here, just at the death, just to come across and stop Michael Jennings, the game's gone. But this kid just loves playing footy. He is my favourite player to watch in the NRL. And, you know, when I was playing, Jonathan Thurston typified competitiveness and always being in the frame to stop a try or score a try. And we saw it so many times with Queensland. But I see that play from Brandon Smith and I love watching that competitiveness, especially from such a young guy. It's why the Storm won't let him go. He'll be there, regardless of Harry Grant's situation. Oh, so you've, you've come back into my camp well, a little bit. I, no, well, look, I, I think the clubs will be interested and, and Brandon Smith probably has a right to look around, but I, I think the Storm are planning for both of them in their starting side next year. I think maybe Dale Finucane may move to the front row or something and you can play Brandon Smith as your lock. The Storm don't want to lose him. Okay. I love it. That was like a double double sweet. How, how good. Double sweet with a little yeah, bit of cherry on top. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. It is now time for this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. Newcastle coach Adam O'Brien has likened his team's injury toll to soldiers getting shot. Now, this comes after his newest recruit, Blake Green, was helped off the field with what is suspected ACL injury. Horrible news for the 33-year-old who is off contract at the end of the season. Their opposition didn't finish unscathed either. Cowboys' Jason Taumalolo will miss the next four weeks after he limped off with a calf injury. A huge blow to Melbourne. Brandon Smith broke his jaw in their loss to the Eels. The hooker has two teeth missing, two titanium plates and eight screws and posted this to his Instagram, confirming to fans his surgery went well. So well, he got a few touch-ups. Apparently, no filter. And Manly can't catch a break. Moses Suli ruled out for the season with a foot injury. If we take a look at the other round 15 injuries, Brandon wasn't the only Melbourne man to go down. Kenny Bromwich and Riley Jacks also sidelined. While there's relief for the Roosters after Matt Ikevalu was cleared of a serious syndesmosis injury and his skipper Boyd Cordner is one of many who could return in round 16. Cronulla can expect Sean Johnson back. Sean and his wife Kayla welcomed their firstborn Miller into the world last Thursday. While the Cowboys are confident Valentine Holmes could be back to play against his old team on Saturday and Storm will do all in their power to have their two Camerons back and potentially Jerome Hughes for Sunday's blockbuster against Manly. Yeah, certainly will be a big match. But, gents, we did have Blake Green at the top there. Devastating news considering his circumstance being off contract at the end of the year, isn't it? 
Yeah, shattered for Blake Green, especially Newcastle Knights. He, he slotted in well there, so hopefully we get to see him back and he gets that contract situation sorted out soon. Do you think he will, Michael? I think... Look, I think he may struggle for a little while. I don't think anyone's going to be rushing to jump at Blake Green, given the fact that he may not be able to play till next May. You know, that's, that's a long way away and it's a big part, of the, big part of the season that he may miss. So hopefully for Blake Green, he still has what it takes to play in the NRL. It's just whether you want to pay a guy money to just sit on the sidelines for the first three or four months of the season. Yeah, hopefully the Newcastle Knights have a result in the coming days. That's this week's Casualty Ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. First up, gents, harsher penalties will eliminate crusher tackles. Jamie? Hit. I was uh, lucky enough to call a game on Saturday night between Manly and the Rabbitohs. There was no crushers, but I think there's, uh, there's an ownership and responsibility on the defender as well that they can feel when those bodies are twisted in that situation. If you leave your feet on that one there, you can see him readjust to put his foot down. Paul Vaughan got two weeks for this one. I think you've got to have some sort of ownership as a defender. I, I agree. I think the harsher punishments will have the desired effect. It did so with the shoulder charges when we introduced harsher punishments there. So a question to you. Have you noticed players... I know that we're, defenders have traditionally manoeuvred the attacking play in a certain positions, but have you noticed a trend with attacking players turning their bodies around? Do you think there's a ploy there to try and get themselves into awkward positions to milk penalties? Well, I think that's the fine line because you need to be careful as a defender but as a player as well that accidents happen. It's a contact sport. We realise that and sometimes you can twist your body around because you look at Regan Kemble-Gillard, turns his shoulder to run every time. Now, if he spins out of that tackle and someone grips and, and falls down... There's, there's accident crushes and then there's ones where you leave the feet. Like that one there, he needs to be able to let him through Payne Haas. But I think most people in the NRL world can tell the difference between a, an actual crusher and one that's just a bit of an accident. Yeah, Graham Annesley did warn that there would be um, a minimum one-week ban if you were found guilty. There were three on uh, round 15. But Ricky Stewart actually suggested that if you are going to... Um, if they are going to call it a crusher tackle and players go down, that player must come off... Uh, similar to an HIA, Love so it. you can't milk it. The NRL have said no, they're not going to take that stance because it then um, opens up a world of problems with the interchange. But what, is there so something too, similar? Katie, yeah, I, I think that you'll open yourself up to milking as well if, you, if everyone's coming off for a. But HIA. Then that, that's the penalty for milking. Yeah, if you're if you're the main player or and you get you think you stay down like Sivo, if he was, the, it's not the halves now. It's I'm the, just the, saying the forwards. Listen, if, if you're what I'm coming saying. off at that time, why not? Please listen to what I'm saying. Tell me what you're All saying. All right, Mike Acevo right now, if he's felt a little bit of pressure on the neck but not enough to be a crusher and the referees, if he's trying to get a penalty, which we all know that players do, we're not you know, blind to the fact that players try and get penalties where they can and get an advantage, like coaches do, then you should have to go and, and get five minutes off and make sure it's treated. Yeah, but is it... There's no symptoms to suggest there's a concussion. I, I don't think you can take the mickey out of the concussion rule. You're going off for a HIA test... Well, you're not. You, you know, if, if you hurt your neck, have you got a concussion? I don't, I don't think that correlates to a concussion test. Well, you've obviously hurt yourself, though. Yeah, but you hurt your ankle. You don't come off for a concussion test. Well, I think there might be a solution there. It's a, it's look, I agree. It's, it's, it's a blight it's very in the game. Gray, gray, but I think there might be a solution there. Rick Stewart's, yeah, I don't mind it. Under something. OK, question two. The Tigers should be chasing Josh Adokar over Charlie Staines. Hit or miss, Michael? Uh, I'm going to say, as a fullback, I'm going to say miss. I, I think... The money that Josh Adokar is chasing at the moment, it's in excess of $800,000. And no one is going to pay $800,000 for Josh Adokar to play fullback when he hasn't played fullback very often. Well, I don't think ever in the NRL. So 
Uh, the, the Tigers are looking at Josh Adokar as a winger, and if he plays a little bit of fullback, then so be it, and then potentially add some incentive bonuses in his contract that if he plays 20 games a season at fullback, then he'll trigger an extra amount there. But I think there's more value in chasing a young Charlie Staines, who's a, obviously come through the juniors as a gun fullback, and if you get him for 250000 300000 I think that's more value and upside in, in, in for the Tigers to get someone him, like him instead of Adokar to play fullback. Their salary cap stretched already, the Tigers, isn't it? Like, wasn't, they've only got a couple hundred thousand for next year. I would be investing in Charlie Staines off the basis of that because Josh Adokar's a, an elite winger in the top three or four in the game. You know, can he make that transformation to fullback? Adam Dewey's had some bright lights there, you know, bright spots there in playing fullback, but they haven't been able to solve that. I think that they need to go for an out-and-out -out fullback, and that's Charlie Staines. And then you work around that. You know, if you can swap Tommy Talao for Josh Adokar and, and that sort of matches up the salaries, then all of a sudden you've got two strike weapons. Charlie Staines, a fullback, and Josh Adokar, a winger. The Tigers cannot afford to buy another player who they, who they don't know where he plays. They've got Adam Dewey at fullback. They're going to play him at six next year. They've got Josh Reynolds playing at hooker. He's not a hooker. They've got Moses Mbai playing at centre. They don't know where Moses Mbai plays. They cannot buy somebody else and hope for the best out of them. OK, good point. Mm. Thanks, Katie. Always adding something. I love it. <laughs> All right, last but not least, the Panthers need to lose one before heading into the finals. Yes, hit. I think that they'll... I had a look at their draw. They've got the, the Cowboys and the Bulldogs the last two games. I think they might rest. That's a long trip to go up to North Queensland on game day. I think they might rest some guys there that need it. But... Um, well, I think about the years that we were successful at the Dragons and we always had a flat period where Wayne would load us up with training and stuff like that, knowing that you can bounce back a couple of weeks later. Yeah. I think they need to lose one. If they've got the top two wrapped up, they can afford to rest them, but they know the importance of a top two because it means they play at home in week one. They're trying to make sure the NRL doesn't take their home game to ANZ. If they play at Panther Stadium week one, they're a 6-10 point better football team at home. So Against the Roosters? Well, it depends who they play. I, I think they want to... It doesn't matter who they play. If they're playing Parramatta, they don't want to go to Bank West or ANZ. Either way, there's an advantage for them playing at, at Panther Stadium. So, for me, uh, what is the question? <laughs> Do the this happens every Panthers week. need to lose a game? <laughs> no, I don't believe in that. No, I don't. Okay, so just If they're playing well miss. enough, it's you a... Could just one word, hit or miss. Please. Miss. Great. Thank, thank you. You're getting better. Thank you. This is great. Uh. <laughs> it's now time for Power Rankings. Jamie, take it away. This week's Power Rankings saw a tale of two tales when you look at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're absolutely outstanding at ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. A big win, but for me, the inconsistency of South Sydney has shown why they haven't been able to trouble the top teams. But it also showed you, Sierra, why they will be able to trouble the top teams. If they play the way they did against Manly, against the top sides, they're the only team outside that top five that can give the competition a shake. A great performance from the Bunnies on the weekend. Latrell Mitchell was involved, more involved than I've seen him all year, and Although it helps everyone else in the team, I thought it helped Damien Cook out. You look at his game the other night, Luttrell being in and around the ruck and telling him when to go, that was Damien Cook's best game of the year. Yeah, I agree. And you see Damien Cook in origin with Tedesco. When Tedesco's calling the shots in the middle of the field, Damien Cook thrives, so Luttrell can learn a lot from that. The team they played has had a heap of injuries this year and they continue their slide. And if you have a look at this off-season coming up, I think it's the most important for the Manly Seagulls in their club's history. They need to find a way to build some guys and depth around DCE and both the Trebojevic brothers. 
Yeah, it's a tough one, Sao. The problem with building depth around that roster is the fact that 35% of the salary cap is taken up between the salaries of Jake Trebojevic, Tom Trebojevic and Cherry Evans. Now, it's great for Manly, but it means that the players around them, they aren't able to add the depth as you're hoping for. So, for Manly, they need Tom on the field and they need him desperately. The season look like, looks like it's over now. Well, it looks like that when... Tom doesn't play that their season sort of starts to go so they need to find some value players there. The Newcastle Knights had a very gritty win up there at McDonald Jones Stadium but the loss of Blake Green is a huge one in terms of their finals aspirations. They will make the eight because they're better than the other eight teams but in terms of making any dent in that sort of final series I can't see it happening now. Yeah massive massive blow not, not just for the Knights but for Blake Green obviously one of the good guys in, in the NRL but the question now is where do they go? Like, I don't think there's an actual ready-made answer for Adam O'Brien he may have to tinker for a few weeks to get the right formula before the finals and that's not ideal what you want to do a month out from the uh, the finals. I still think it's good signs for Newcastle in the next couple of years. Make sure you keep an eye out on NRL.com every Monday for the NRL Power Rankings. I'll make sure I do that, Jamie. <laughs> John Knife. Oh, no, that just is calm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time now for Champ or Chump, and I know we did just see vision of DCE being Falcon, but it's too good not to share for a second time. <laughs> what do you think was going on between him and Cade? Uh, I'm pretty sure DC. <laughs> I got the audio, and he's going, my ball, my ball, and Cade Cuss didn't see who it was, and then he goes, it's me, DCE, and he goes, I better pass it to him anyway, <laughs> and hit him in the head. That reminds me of... Uh... I think it was Nathan Brown with the great late Lance Thompson yeah. with the 20-metre tap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will beat that. No, no, that's a, that comes close, though. It's a chump from, from not for DCE, for Kate Gust. That's terrible. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Is it on Kate Gust or is it DCE the chump? Uh, both. Okay. You get beat by 50, it's both. Okay, fair <laughs> Sorry, enough. Guys. And uh, Darius Boyd was apparently playing dress-ups on the weekend. NRL uh, roast absolutely nailed this um, with a comparison to the Lord Voldemort. What do you Ooh. think? Yeah. Yes. The name that Tim shall not be mentioned. Up. Yeah. <laughs> he who should not be named. Yeah, that? that's it. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, that's good. That's it is, good. It's very good. Well done, NRL roast. Yeah. They're going to miss. I know that he's copped a lot of criticism the last couple of years. They're going to miss his involvement and leadership next year. In a oh, you turned team. very dark then. Well, it's Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Can't be happy. Yeah. But they're, they're going to miss him next year, yeah. and, and I'll be I'll be sad not to watch him play. He's one of the greats of the game that probably hasn't got the recognition that he deserves over the last couple of years. His book actually just came out um, over the weekend, Battling the Blues. So NRL fans who are fans or not fans of Darius Boyd, I'd recommend that you read that one. I haven't yet, but I'm sure it'll be a goodie. Um, now that's it for Champ or Chump. But NRL teams is back tomorrow at 3:55, just before round 16 drops. Of course, uh, Zach Bailey with Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah there. Uh, there's going to be lots of ins and outs and plenty of movement, so don't forget to uh, watch that one. And also, don't forget to vote for your favourite try, thanks to Drinkwise. Go on nrl.com and uh, make sure you cast your vote. That's it from us. We'll be back again same time next Monday. Have a good one. Tony Staggs with a bit of room to move for the first time tonight. Looks on a fend. Still going for Tony Staggs. He's got support. White needs support for Tony Staggs, you superstar. What a try. 75 metres. Bang. See you later, champ. Bang. See you later, champ. Oh, hang on. I'll tell you what I'll do here. Oh, see you later, buddy. Whiten for Whitehead with the runaround play. A 
Lifting up, dropping up, back in field. Jack Whiten goes in. That is execution perfect from Canberra. Jack White, front and centre. The runaround play, then he backs up on the inside. Beautiful to watch, boys. Takayaho. Oh, look oh, at this. Wow. Tupanua pouring down the middle. They're lining up, and he tried to do it oh, on his own. Still got the light pass away. Oh, it's another Morris try. The Roosters. Half their side is missing. And still, they are having no problems tonight. For Numbers, meaning with space. Left by back on the inside. Goes to the corner. Trick play. What a pass. What a Bulldogs try. They turned it.